Hello, and thanks so much for joining me for another edition of Face the Facts. I'm your host, April Moss. We're going to be talking today to an attorney out of California with the Right to Life League, which is the oldest pro-life organization in America. Susan Swift is a mother of seven, and she's going to give us some great legal perspective of what the upcoming ruling from the Supreme Court amounts to in America and in the lives of women and babies. So as a great resource, not only as a mom, but also as an attorney. She's also the vice president of legal affairs at the Right to Life League. And prior to working in pro-life, Susan served as a litigation attorney at a prominent international law firm in downtown Los Angeles. As the mother of seven, she has dedicated her life and legal skills to champion civil rights for the unborn. Before we get into this interview, a word from our sponsors. Face the Facts is brought to you today by MyPillow.com. Support wonderful patriot Mike Lindell and my show right here on Real America's Voice by choosing MyPillow.com for all of your home care needs. There are fantastic sheet sets, bath towels that really work, comfortable pillows, and so much more. Head over to MyPillow.com, use promo code APRIL at checkout for up to 66% off. We want to thank our incredible sponsor, PatriotSwitch.com. When you head over to PatriotSwitch.com and look for April Moss in the dropdown, you'll be able to sign up to switch where you shop and keep your money right here in America. You'll receive high-quality, toxin-free products delivered right to your front door in a matter of days from the time you place your order. Go to PatriotSwitch.com today and ditch the big box stores. Don't forget to tell them you heard all about Patriot Switch from April Moss. Thanks again for joining us. Now let's get into today's show. Susan, thank you so much for joining me today on Face the Facts. We're glad that you're here. Thank you for letting me come on, April. I really appreciate the opportunity. You know, you have an interesting perspective and one that I think a lot of people need to hear what you have to say, because there is a lot of publications um, out there. In fact, today I just read an article in USA Today that is trying to make the case that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then people will not be able to receive IVF treatments. Um, with with us knowing that life begins at conception, it's hard for me to understand how those rights to conceive a child would be at risk with Roe v. Wade. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, my first impression, I have not read the article, but I would really like to know on what grounds are they asserting this all of a sudden? It sounds like a lot uh, more of this fear porn that we've been seeing, especially from the pro-abortion side. They keep, uh, they keep conflating the right to kill a, an unborn human being in the womb, tearing it up into little pieces and sucking it out. <laughs> Right? That's what abortion is. It is the intentional killing of human being in the womb. It is not health care because if it were health care, if we're talking about the delivery of a mother, if we're saying we need to save your life, there's an ectopic pregnancy, there's something where there's a genetic anomaly that immediately threatens your life, we deliver the mother with also the hope and, and, and possibility that we also save the, the life of the child. But the purpose of whatever you're doing as a doctor is to deliver the mother, not to intentionally go in with the focus of, ah, I'm going in there and I'm going to kill this little 
human being in the womb. So abortion is murder and it is not health care. And what the pro-abortion, well, let's just call them what they are. They are the abortion cartel. They, they make millions and millions and millions of dollars. They wield tremendous power. It's like the drug cartel. It is what it is. And what they're doing is they're frightening everybody by now saying all of these other rights to reproductive equity, reproductive freedom, are going to be stripped away by the, ju the judges in black robes. That's just simply not true. If the decision in Dobbs comes down as we expect it to, that it would follow the draft that was leaked, it simply says that the issue of abortion is not in our Constitution, never has been, never was, never will be. And the issue belongs to the states, and the states can regulate it as they see fit. It's interesting how the mainstream media spins this to make everybody think that somehow this decision would be taking away a woman's right to be able to have an abortion. That's not the case. Uh, this would go back to a state level, correct? Correct. And I like to call them the make-believe media because they make up the news and then they make you believe it. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point as well. Um, so tell me, Susan, about some of the, the programs that you've been involved with. I know you've done a lot of great work for uh, women who, you know, are pregnant, wanting to keep their babies. Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the work that you've done. Sure. The Right to Life League is America's first pro-life organization. We were founded in 1967, long before Roe versus Wade was ever an issue. And it was a it was a coming together of a, about 63 individuals. They were doctors and lawyers and concerned citizens. And what they did is they saw that the, the Bielensen bill in California was going through. That's the first therapeutic abortion bill in California. And they wanted to uh, lobby against it. So they traveled to Sacramento to meet with then Governor Ronald Reagan to inform him about about what abortion really was. Because back then in 67, not a lot of people understood what it really was. And that's where the kind of the myth of a, you're just a clump of cells, by the way, so are you. So am I, we're all clumps of cells running around. But back in the day, we didn't have ultrasound. We didn't, a lot of people didn't understand what abortion was. So these doctors and lawyers went and counseled uh, Governor Reagan. And he told them, regretfully, he had already promised to sign the B. Linson bill. But at that time, he promised them the Right to Life League that he would never sign another pro-abortion piece of legislation, and he kept his word. That's how we started. Um, from there, we, we've now expanded to, to protect and uh, pro-life organizations throughout California. We educate the public, and we also fight against bad legislation. Right now, we, we have 54 different clinics and centers and maternity homes all across the state. And what we do is we help them keep their doors open because California is such a litigious state and we have more rules than any other state, I think, uh, being a lawyer. It's, you, you have to jump through so many hoops just to operate a business here. And these pro-life clinics that started really as just good men and women saying, well, we want to help pregnant women, give, give them resources and options that they want and counsel them and, and help them understand and give them financial support, give them baby formula, give them anything that they need and walk them through and maybe, maybe witness to them as well about life. Um, they they didn't know how to operate their businesses. Uh, how do you incorporate? How do you uh, how do you become a medically licensed clinic in California? And so what we do is we help these these pro life clinics and centers and maternity homes navigate all of those uh, those hoops and the the rules and the regulations, the administrative burden, so that they keep their doors open and they can minister to these women and really provide full reproductive 
choice because it's not a choice if you only think you've got one option and you're desperate and you're scared and the pro-abortion cartel is pushing uh, the destruction of your child and you have to choose between rent and having your baby. That's not a choice. You're correct. And I think that's one of the biggest divides that we've seen uh, from people who are pro-life and pro-choice is that somewhere along the middle, we have to, to get together to say the most important thing is that we need to be providing services to these women that actually help them, that actually benefit them and benefit their baby, instead of just giving them the one option of, well, you must have to abort it in order to be able to survive. I'm curious your thoughts on some of these companies, uh, traditionally the ones that are uh, continuing to go more woke and are putting into their um, agreements for employees that they're going to be funding their travel to go to states where uh, abortion is open. Where do you see this going? Do you feel like this is something that more companies are going to jump on the trend for? And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's it is it's troubling, uh, but they're what they're doing is they're becoming political companies, aren't they? And we're seeing that more and more. They're woke, right? And what they're trying to do is virtue signal using their employees by saying, "Well, we're going to we're going to fund your abortion." Well, guess what? California is already doing that because we have several bills going through more than twenty bills going through our legislature right now. One of them, SB eleven forty two, is going to use taxpayer dollars. Uh, to fund travel, lodging, uh, lost wages, insurance, and the free abortion. All of it free, all of it paid for by taxpayers. And guess what else? Child care. They'll cover your child care. The only thing that's missing is tickets to Disneyland. But that's what California is going to do. And they're going to be using not only taxpayer monies from California, they're going to be using it from all over the United States because Biden sent California and other blue states the blue state bailout money. Our surplus in California right now is approaching $100 billion with a B, and our governor, Newsom, wants to spend $120 million to create his uh, abortion sanctuary state. So all of this is, it, it's kind of like socialized medicine for just abortion. It's socialized abortion. And what this really is, this is money laundering for the abortion cartel. What we're doing is we're giving money, and, and, and again, this is all very, very one-sided. One of our objections to some of these bills is that the funding that they're proposing is only for abortion clinics. Only, only these clinics get money only if you uh, permit abortions at the clinic, right? You can't, you can't apply if you're a pro-life clinic and you say we're a fully licensed medical clinic and we want to provide our services. And could we also have, uh, you know, a little bit of this money as well? No, you're not allowed to because it is all targeted for abortion clinics, which is, you know, Planned Parenthood, NARAL, those type of things. And, and so it's very, very one-sided. It is only to provide uh, these abortion cartel agencies. And this is a form of money laundering because Planned Parenthood and these abortion uh, cartels, they fund the the, the left-wing you know, pro-abort radicals who are then re-elected time and again. So the money goes back into their coffers and it's it, it just keeps going so that they keep proposing these. And, and these legislations, by the way, they're all written and supported by Planned Parenthood and NARAL. They're not actually written by the legislators themselves. They actually, they just stand up there and offer the bill. I, I've seen it happen. I was just in Ca uh, Sacramento yesterday and one of the uh, proponents of a bill um, was, they were there and they had Senator Akila Weber offering a, a bill, 2134. And she doesn't 
she didn't know really what the bill said. And that's why she had the, the proponents from Planned Parenthood on the phone there to, to advise and to answer any questions. Because she's not writing it. She's just submitting it, just as so many others are, like Buffy Wicks. She's submitting AB 2223, which is, I've referred to it as Buffy's baby slayer bill. That's the infanticide bill. She, she didn't write that, but, the, but the, the abortion cartel did, gave it to her and say, hey, get this passed. That's what we're witnessing. That's what the abortion cartel is doing. It is very one-sided, and it is intended to grow that part of business for California, just like these woke companies. What they're doing is they are, they are using their money to fund their abortion. At least that's their money. But you see what's going on in California is they're using my taxpayer dollars and they're using yours as well to fund an entire industry. It's absolutely evil and, and hard to even conceive that anyone could be behind an infanticide bill as well. I mean, that's just, um, you would think that even the people who are pro-choice could come to an agreement that that is just wrong. Um, what is the what is the pulse there in uh California among people who are who are frustrated with this and say, I don't want my tax money going to these evil corporations that are all about murdering babies. Uh, are there any uh, legislation pieces that you know of that are in the works to kind of put a stop to this or limit this in some way? Um, I, I don't know if they're there to limit it. I do know that the, the, the legislature has a super majority. Anything that they want to pass, they will. And what they don't want to pass, they won't. And that's just the way it is. The, the cure for that, of course, in California is to change who you vote for and start putting in people who are more aligned with you know, pro-life values. The problem here, of course, is thanks to COVID, uh, we now have the um, ballot. It's, it's mailed to you. It used to be absentee, but this is every person is mailed ballots. So it is very much like along the lines of the 2000 Mules movie, which is, well, they're just going to send out ballots to everybody. And then everybody just, you know, mails it in or ships it in or drop boxes them in. And we don't really have uh, election security. So that's a big concern as well. But the, the issue is it is now going to come to California. California was the beginning of the abortion movement. And this is this is the ground zero. This is the tip of the spear. That's what the Right to Life League has been battling for its entire history. And that we are going to continue advancing life and protection and frankly, just the, the embrace and love for these women who are desperate, who are afraid. They believe the, the lies that they're that they can't have a full life, uh, that they can't have an education, that they can't have a family and a career. And that is frankly a lie. I, I'm an attorney. I'm a mother of seven. Um, I, I've done all of these different things and I never had to choose abortion to do it. I chose life. And but a lot of young women don't hear that. They don't they don't, they're not exposed to that. And that's what we need to do to change hearts and minds. And that's how we're going to solve the, the problem of abortion. We're going to encourage what we need to do in California is start fully funding true reproductive choice, true ability to say, well, I, I don't want to choose between rent and baby formula, right? I need to, I need to have some support. It's a bit like um, how Reagan defeated uh, the, the, the Russia in the Cold War. We just outspent them, right? And instead of spending on abortion cartel business, what we have to do is we have to start investing in true uh, private organizations and, and outreach and places to minister to these women so that they do have true reproductive choice. And if anyone wants to help, what I, 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 would, I would 
beg them to please go to the righttoliflege.org, righttoliflege.org. Uh, we're not woke. Hit the donate button. Give us a cup of Starbucks coffee for $5. What we are doing uh, in preparation for uh, the outcome of Dobbs, as you know, there are um, uh, domestic terrorist organizations called uh, Ruth Sent Us and Jane's Revenge. They have vowed a night of uh, terror uh, for any following the decision. And so what we've told every one of, uh, not only just our member clinics and centers, we've actually told every one of them in California, if you need 24 hours, you know, one night of security to, to hire, we will reimburse you. We want to keep you safe. We want your establishment to be safe. We want your, your, your staff to feel safe and we will reimburse you if you need that so that you can stay open uh, during this night of, of rage. And we're a small organization and we depend on charity. Full, we, don't, we don't have any merch, sorry. We, <laughs> Honestly, we Susan, what you're doing is so important. I hope everyone goes and donates. I, I certainly am going to make a donation as well. And uh, Susan, thank you for what you're doing. And I hope that everyone heads over to your website as well. If you're in California, getting involved in what you're doing and especially at the local level, we know how important it is to get involved locally, which makes a national impact. And please pray. That's the most yeah. important thing because at the end, this is God's victory, not ours, because we're just doing his will. So pray. Thank you, Susan. You're a blessing to us. And thank you again for being here today. Thank you, April. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Face the Facts. If you were blessed by today's program, please share this with family and friends. And don't forget to support the Right to Life League, where they're doing so much for unborn babies and expectant mothers. Thanks again for watching the show. We'll see you next time.